What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Titan Size Podcast. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Size Podcast, Matthias Wander and Will Lomas. We are here to both recap the uh, the Titans' win over the New York Jets, and since it's a short week, we're going to do a combined recap and preview, so we're going to talk about the, uh, the upcoming Thursday night football matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Let's start with the Jets game. Um, I wrote after the game that... You know, Yay, they won, but it was a really ugly win against a very inferior opponent. And and I came away from that game more concerned than delighted, I would say. I, I think I said before the game that if we don't win by uh, two scores, we should probably just close up shop. Uh, that didn't happen. We, we looked horrible for the first, uh, the first whatever, first half of the game. Uh, thankfully we won. And at this point, I, I don't even care anymore. It's just, if we play bad, so be it. Uh, I just want to win and get into the playoffs, uh, because th- this team just can't really seem to blow anyone out, uh, except for the Patriots, which I don't, I don't, I don't understand this team at all, really, but <laughs> I don't care. I, I just want to get to the playoffs, uh, because as, as we saw last year, if you just get in, anything can happen. I mean, no one gave us a chance against the Chiefs, uh, and we end up um, p- mounting a historic comeback. So I don't care at this point. Just win your next four games uh, and just get in, and, and we'll take it from there. Uh, I don't care if we play well or not. Uh, uh, that That's where I'm at with this team right now. Yeah, I mean, the Titans are like a rhythm-oriented team. Like, Sometimes they come out hot and they stay hot the whole time. Sometimes they come out and they never get hot. And sometimes they get hot late and just do much better. Like the Chargers game and the Jets game stand out is, you know, at the end of the first half, you have almost no confidence that the team's going to do anything. And by the end of the fourth quarter, you know, you're in a position to win the game. And then Philadelphia was like that too. Um, And then you have games like, Dallas and where you know it took a quarter and then they took over and then you have games like New England where it was just constant domination but I mean for all those games you also have Baltimore Buffalo Indianapolis the second Texans game like you know they can be so bad for stretches and so good for stretches that it's really just a mixed bag on what you're going to get but the good thing is is that when this team is hot they do actually look like they deserve to be in the playoffs it's just can you get them to do that for 75% of the games? 
I think the concerning thing is not necessarily that, like, they didn't, you know, blow the, the Jets out. Like, I don't care about that. My concern is the, the way that they got behind. The offensive line having to be shaken up the way that it was. And we'll, we'll talk in more detail about that in a second. But Mariota throwing the really ugly pick to uh, the pick six to Tremaine Johnson. And then the edge defenders, I mean, doing nothing. So uh, let's talk about two of those things because – Look, Mariota finished the game very, very well and, and uh, was a big reason why they won. But I want to talk about the edge pass rushers and the offensive line. Let, let's start with the pass rushers. I mean, Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan were not only absent from that game, they've been absent all season. I think Arakpo has a sack and a half, and I'm not sure Morgan has anything to his name. Before the season, we were asking how much money the Titans were going to have to pay these guys at the end of the year. Now the question is, how much money have they lost with the next team that signs them? Because they're not coming back to Tennessee. Yeah, I think um, I, I agree. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know if either of them even come back. Uh, it's not looking likely if they keep playing like this. Uh, I think the more concerning uh, aspect of it, for me at least, isn't that they're not making much of an impact on on games, especially um, through pass rush. It, it's more so that teams are actively attacking them, uh, and they they've kind of just become liabilities. Uh, in this last game, Derek Mormon was getting isolated in space uh, very often, and he just he does he's not quick enough at this point in his career. Uh, I, I think some of the injuries have kind of sapped his his movement ability. I mean, he was never really this athletic guy, uh, but he was very sound uh, and, and he could, he could cover a decent amount of space, uh, but he can't seem to do that right now. And he looks, uh, he looks kind of hefty. I don't know if that's because of some of the injuries um, that, that have had him sidelined for a couple weeks at a time. Um, and, and then going to Arakpo, it's just, I, I don't know if he's just there. He's not really doing much. Uh, the Texans, uh, the Texans attacked him pretty heavily uh, on that side of the field. Um, so it, it's definitely a concern. Uh, and, and like you said, I, I don't think they're coming back next year. So uh, Ed Rusher is probably going to be uh, an area that we attack through free agency in the draft. Uh, thankfully, Harold Landry looks looks really good, uh, and he could probably slide in as a starter. Uh, Sheriff Finch looks pretty good as well. Honestly, that's that's has the potential to be a really good value as an undrafted free agent. Uh, I think he could be a three or a number four edge rusher uh, for us going forward uh, for the next couple of years. For a long time, it was, I guess, three years where it was Derek Morgan is the run stopper and Brian Arakpo is your kind of star defensive end, pass rusher, whatever you want to call him. And now it's like Arakpo needs to be that run-stopping defensive end, and Derek Morgan just has to be off the field. Because, I mean, Arakpo is still a good run defender. Um, you really you really don't want him to have to cover a ton of ground outside, but he can kind of do it. Morgan just can't. He just gets washed inside. I think, And I think that's a good point I think because I think that's been the disappointing part because I think <clears throat> excuse me for for pass rusher the older you get obviously you lose athleticism and you're not going to be able to bend around the edge like you once were have the the same power that you once did but you would at least expect to play with good technique and to hold your own against the run and, and set the edge which is something that Arakpo and Morgan have been very very good at throughout their careers but you you nailed it Morgan it, it's been a wash with him in the run game this year they cannot set the edge and I wonder, 
you know, in nickel set, because the interior of the defensive line hadn't been that good either. I know Casey had a sack on Sunday, and he's a, I mean, he plays consistently, but he, he sometimes he doesn't get the numbers. Do you just, like, on third downs, put Landry and, and, and Fincher Correa on the edges and then inside put Brian Arakpo as, like, a three technique? Well, maybe a stand-up three technique. Well, I mean, probably just because like, I you you don't have enough pass rush. There just aren't enough guys on this team who can get to the quarterback. So it's a pretty short list. So if you're thinking of you know non-off-ball linebackers who can get the quarterback, you're thinking Landry, Finch, maybe Correa, and maybe Arakpo. Other than that, I mean, all the pressure has been manufactured by the linebackers. So like. I, I wouldn't mind putting him as a stand-up three technique just because I don't think it would hurt anything, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, at this point, every play where Finch and Landry aren't on the field, I just hold my breath that nothing goes outside because it's it's so much different when you see Landry and even Finch, who's stiffer than much stiffer than Landry, but when you see Landry close in space, it's an entirely different gear. And it just shows you, it's like, if okay, if you've got Derek Morgan in or Rackpo, like, you're just not going to get there. Like, you pray they don't run a screen. You pray they don't run a reverse or anything like that. But, I mean, that shouldn't, that can't be the case. You can't be paying guys eight, nine million dollars a year to, to, you know, be liabilities in 50% of the passing game. So, I mean, you, you can definitely put him at a stand-up three technique, but it's just, you know, that's just one of those things that you would have to, uh, you know, scheme up where you really shouldn't be paying somebody that much money to have to scheme things for them to be successful. I thought, I, I thought the Camille Correa being inactive was was weird. It was. Uh, he's kind of he hasn't been great um, since the first couple of weeks of the season, but he's been a, a decent run defender, uh, definitely better than Morgan. So I think he should be getting. Morgan snaps in this point, uh, and Morgan, I don't know if you can put him out there unless someone's getting it. Someone gets injured. Yeah, I, I tweeted. We, we need the to game. talk about the linebackers at some point because there, there's a change that needs to be made there too. You mean at inside oh, linebacker? Oh yeah. Oh no. What your? I, I can't. I can't defend I honestly him anymore. Didn't, I honestly he looks didn't notice anything. So with slow. Slow. It's in, so co- in coverage in particular. It's really bad. Yeah. It. It is. It's heartbreaking because Woodyard was this entire defense just last year. But just I mean, last year, Evans just last month. is an outstanding run defender. I mean, he was terrible the first five or six weeks of the season, which was really only like three games for him. And we ripped him apart on here, but he's great now. I mean, he flows, he finds fullbacks, he finds the hole. Like, he makes big plays often when he's on the field. And then when Jalen Brown's on the field, he's you know, the best player the Titans have. I mean, he's better than Kevin Byard when he's on the field. I think he's got something like seven sacks. And, I mean, he, he's just he's just the best player. It, it's so clear the difference in speed and aggression he plays with compared to anybody else on the team. So, you know, the every time that Woodyard's on the field, one of those two guys is not. And that's a big issue. Like, there's never a time when Evans shouldn't be on the field. I mean, I would much rather have Landry and Evans be your starting pass rushers instead of Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan if given the option. So there's no time when Evans shouldn't be on the field. And that's, you know, 
it's great to have two young linebackers under contract for the next three years. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely not an issue, but it's one of those things where there just has to be a change made if you're trying to get the most out of this defense. And I, and I think the progression of, of uh, Rashawn Evans uh, begs the question of whether that needs to happen. Because if it was just Woodyard was struggling and Evans was still playing like he did the first couple of weeks, it'd be like, well, I don't know that he's a better alternative. But Rashawn Evans has been playing really good football as of late. Yeah, and I think the more impressive part is that, is that he's been very good in coverage. Uh, we always knew he was going to be a good run stopper just because of what we saw from him in college, his build, and the, and the way he plays. Um, but a knock on him coming out was was his ability to cover running backs and tight ends. Um, and, and so far this season, he, he's been fine. He, they, I, they have, he hasn't really been exposed at all in coverage outside of, I think it was... I think it was the Eagles game. He had a pretty rough, uh, pretty rough game in coverage. But since then, he's been very solid, uh, and he's been playing better than Woodyard in coverage. That's for sure. Uh, moving on to the offensive line now. I mean, what, what do you do if you're Mike Vrabel or or, or Matt Lafleur or Keith Carter or whoever? Because it's past the point of being able to be fixed. They are really bad. Right, Taylor Lewan's fine, but then Ben Jones playing left guard by the end of the game, no Quentin Spain, Corey Levin at center, Jack Conklin struggling. What do you do? Do you just keep – I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the solution <laughs> is that, that, that Matt LaFleur needs to work around them. Uh, no one, none of them are playing good. This is like a legitimate problem. I don't even think Luan has been playing honestly over the past couple of weeks, and, and he's the guy you hang your hat on. Uh, he hasn't been bad, but it. I think he's only looks like he's playing very well because the rest of the line just looks completely awful. And I just and, feel like uh, you never really notice him. That's kind of the thing with the offensive yeah. line. It's like well, you don't want to get noticed because when you get noticed, it's always because you held or, or allowed a sack. Like, I never noticed Lawan. Like, at the end of the game, I'm like, ah, I didn't really notice him. Yeah, outside of a couple penalties, uh, he, he hasn't been terrible. So uh, we don't really even have to mention him. Uh, the problem is is just the interior. And then what was more concerning to me is Conklin's play over the last couple of weeks. He looks, I don't know. I, I don't even know what, how to describe what he looks like. He just doesn't have any strength, it seems, right now. Uh, he His footwork is sloppy. Uh, he's not. He's just not blocking his guys at all, and, and uh, Conklin it's a had, a, had, a, had a nice quote today. I think it was uh, Terry McCormick asked him about the difference in the old scheme and the new scheme because we were kind of talking about this last week, trying to figure out what exactly is the difference. And Conklin's answer was that in this scheme, at least for him, there's a lot more running. He said. Because, you know, lay people, we look at, we're like, just, just block the guy in front of you. But he said he's on the move a lot more. And that makes me wonder, number one, moving into next season, do you move him to guard? Because I feel like he's below average athletic for a tackle, but probably average athletic for a guard. Or do you leave him there and hope he picks it up? Uh, a lot of, like... Uh, experts or NFL analysts actually believe 
uh, and they believed back when, when he was drafted that Conklin's yeah. best fit is inside at a guard position. So I, I definitely think we should experiment with it. We've been talking about it for weeks that we think he should kick inside, um, put Klein on the bench because Klein is just an absolute liability, uh, and can, put Dennis can, Kelly at right tackle. And can we talk about how it was Klein, or excuse me, it was Spain and not Klein that got the yeah. boot? That was shocking that was weird. to me. I know. Well, because when that, I saw I, I saw number sixty two out there, and I literally type into Twitter, uh, Josh Klein replaced by Corey Levin. Ben Jones kicks to left guard, and I'm like, no wait, they took Spain out of the game. Yeah, I mean, part of that was because Spain was having a bad day. I mean, yeah, he was. He was. He, he was. He was Power. false. He, well, yeah, but he false started on a third down, which I'm not sure, but may have ended up in the pick. Uh, the pick six. Not that that was his fault or anything, but you never want to be the guy that put your team in a position where you had to, you know, give up a game changing play. But well, it does. I mean, it's not like they were facing a mighty defensive line either. Other than Leonard Williams, who they got? Steve McClendon. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like, none of them are very good. Like, we we know that. Like, just because one's been slightly less bad than the others, uh, and honestly, like, if we if we really want to get into it, Corey Levin had a pretty good game. Like, um, somebody had vines of it today. I don't remember who. Titans I, I was going through that. Or, sorry, not vines, just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, they, they did a lot of good uh, video breakdowns of it and was like, okay, you know, this is what he's doing. Like. And really, like, I, the only thing he struggles with is what every – center in the NFL struggles. I mean, same stuff Alex Mack struggles with, Kelsey, like they all struggle with. So, um, it, and it really shows you how much zone side to side stuff they do, but he's good one-on-one. He's good play action. He missed uh, a stunt, which is bad, but I mean, it's his, what, second time ever playing in the NFL. So I give him a little bit of slack missing a stunt and, uh, he just couldn't get to linebackers. Like, that's it's it's really hard to get to uh, Darren Lee at the second level, and there was one time where he hit Avery Williamson in the legs, but Avery Williamson had completely abandoned his run responsibility and were, was running as far as he could, like completely gave up his uh, gap responsibility, like gap integrity, which is like you'd want to make sure there's no cutback lanes available. And Williamson knew if he was going to be a factor in a play, he had to just turn and sprint, and that's what he did. And Levin got up and hit him in the legs, but like he ended up getting to the play. But it's there's nothing you can do when a linebacker has five yards head start and just decides to start running as fast as they can one way. Like it doesn't matter if you're in a, like a convertible, you're not going to get there. So I'll, I'll ask this question before we move on from this topic. Vrabel's been very tight-lipped this week about whether the changes will stick, whether there will be a different change. So what do you think the starting offensive line is going to look like this week? Because if you ask me, I feel like it's going to be uh, Lawan, Spain, Jones, Klein, and Conklin. I think so, too. I don't think they're going to change anything. I think it's, I think it's a bad idea. Like, I think it's a bad move. Like, I, I, would, I would put I, let I, me. I think it would be also a bad move at this point in the season to move Conklin inside because he's already uncomfortable because he missed time. Why make him extra uncomfortable? However, I don't have a problem with Levin coming in or Kelly coming in to replace one of the guards. I think that is a rational 
and defendable decision. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always been, if there wasn't a change last week, they weren't going to be able to make it for the Jaguars game. But they did make a change. Like, and uh, I forget who said this, but they made a change where Jones played a completely different spot and Levin came in, which means they've, they've practiced that a good amount. Like, you don't make a double switch like that. I mean, you have to practice that line combination. So they've definitely practiced that a lot. Like, that was a move they expected to make going forward, and which means that they thought Spain was going to be the one they pulled first either way, which I don't necessarily agree with. But, I mean, the, the line they probably go with, I, I mean, I would say it should be Levin at center and Jones at left guard. The line I would like to see next game and long term is maybe Conklin in the guard, Kelly out at tackle, Lawan at tackle, and Jones and uh, Levin middle. Like, yeah. that, that makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, like short and long term, especially given how Kelly's played. Uh, will they do it? I don't know. But short term, I would just stay with what worked. Like you had your best offensive production when Spain came out. Like you, you can put that on a lot of different things, but it's not like Levin was messing up. Like Spain had an okay day, but he had a false start. And like when I say okay, I mean by his standards. Like false start and didn't allow a guy to directly hit Mariota, but it's not like he was paving ways or do anything that a guy you know whose hallmark should be the running game he, he, you know, he wasn't doing anything defining so I mean I, I would keep the changes I made a, a couple more things about the Jets game before we move on to talking about the Jaguars Dory Jackson needs to not return punts anymore because it's no longer a well is it worth it because he's good but he's also good on the, the he's not even good. So why are you letting one of your best defensive players take unnecessary hits literally for no purpose? I don't know. I he was good as a returner last year. He was very good actually. It's like he Both psyched himself returning. out. The, the the two fair yeah. catches No, no. The, the some of his decisions are, are baffling. Yeah. Um, but I, I also think some of the hits he's taken, they they have been massive, like, car crashes. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's affecting him <laughs> mentally, but th- something's going on. Um, him and, him and, and Batson, you like to say, is like the show jacked up. Yeah, yeah. Every time Batson gets hit, it's, uh, <laughs> it's an episode of jacked up. They're just, uh, I mean, Adori isn't that small, but no, he's pretty small. He's not Batson level. He's not lean. He he's he's short, but he's not like a stick. Yeah, yeah. He's not Batson. He's a corner. Although oh my god. Yeah. If we take out Jackson and put in Batson at punt return, no. uh, I don't I don't think we can guarantee <laughs> Batson safety says, for nope. the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, no. Do not put Batson back. So so, there. so what is the alternative? I mean Darius Jennings. Darius Jennings didn't take a single rep at punt return over the training camp. Bat I mean I don't know. I don't think Batson's a very good out there. I just don't think there's tape that says Batson is a good punt returner. Like, there's not tape that Darius Jennings is either. What if you put Taewon back there? Uh, no, I, I think he'd fumble. <laughs> like, no offense. Like, I just, like, he's he's had, what, like, one or two? I think he just had one fumble against Buffalo. But, like, you know I, what I would be It would be interesting 
if they put like a Bayard's returned punts before in his life. I mean, that sounds like a horrific idea. (laughs) I hope they don't do that. Like, I would rather them re-sign Nick Williams. I think he's still with the Rams. But I mean, I would rather them do anything else than put like an actual like important player like. At some point, we're going to realize that this offense has been running two undrafted free agents at wide receiver, and like if you put Taewon or Sharp back there and they get hurt, then you're Who's back. Who's the other yeah. one? Oh, is Darius? It was Jennings not undrafted. Oh, I forgot yeah. about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Darius Jennings and uh, Batson are both undrafted free agents, and Ferkser. So essentially, like half your production at wide receiver and tight end is coming from undrafted free agents, but. Hey, I don't know. Like, just put put Jennings back there. If he fair, if you know, if he doesn't like it, he can fair catch it just like a Dory would. And if he wants to run one, like he's shown that he can, you know, make smart decisions and you know get up field without taking massive, massive. I mean, the play he got hurt on, he was making the hit. So it's not like he got this, you know, because he's dinged up now. It's not like he got hurt on a return. He got hurt going down the field making a tackle. So. I, I don't know. That's just what I would do. But a door. You know, Darius Jennings is leading the league in return yardage. Yeah, yards yeah. For return. yeah. Yeah, it's great. Like, it, which, put him back there. Then it can't I, be that hard. The the way I have I have literally come full, full circle in this, where I was furious in Miami when he was returning kicks instead of a Dory Jackson, and I didn't know like why they kept a roster spot for him over. Uh, down to Burnett, and now I'm like pull a Dory Jackson off punt returns and put Darius. It's, it's funny. I watching the Colts a- game a couple weeks ago on TV. One of the the broadcasters said at one point, and the Colts have done a nice job of neutralizing Darius Jennings. <laughs> Phrases I never expected to hear this season. Yeah, that Darius Jennings has to has, is a threat that needs to be neutralized. You know what I think? Yeah. Last thing on this, what what I think would be fun is just for the sake of entertainment value, is watching Malcolm Butler return punts. Would he be good at it, you think? I feel, like he, would, I feel, like, I feel like he would carry the ball with one hand and just, like, scream at people when they got near him. <laughs> he just tries to intimidate them from tackling him. Yeah, and, when, type- and, when, like, and when, like, someone gets close to him, he does, the, like, the classic Chris Johnson, like, stand there and dance. Does he have any return experience? No, he doesn't. But that Butler played well, though. I can't believe played. Kevin Byard used to return punts. But. Butler's, Butler's played well this year. Or, or excuse me, the yeah. <laughs> last three weeks. He, well, this yeah, I'm like, hold on. From him. <laughs> so, he was uh, one of our better defensive players in my yeah. opinion. So um, let's talk about the Jaguars. Obviously, they're a team we're, we're very familiar with. Their offense is a train wreck, and really the whole team has been. But personnel-wise on defense, they still have the core minus Dante Fowler that made them a potential AFC champion last season. Yeah, they do, but their defense has just kind of been inconsistent all year. Um, and especially on the road, they ha- they haven't played well. It's been mostly at home that their defense has come to play, uh, particularly particularly over the last three weeks. Uh, they played really well against the Steelers at home. Uh, and then last week against the Colts at home, I, they shut them out somehow. I don't even know how that happened. But um, when they went on the road to Buffalo, they gave up 24 points to the Bills. 
Uh, they couldn't really stop them. It, 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 Josh Allen only completed eight passes, uh, but he did so for 8.4 yards per attempt. Uh, also, Josh Allen had 99 rushing yards in that game. Uh, so their defense, personnel-wise, is still good, uh, and they're definitely a defense to fear somewhat. Uh, but given that this is a home game uh, and it, it's also a short week, uh, I, I don't I don't feel too too bad about our offenses um, uh, prospects uh, going into this game. Uh, I, I I still think uh, we the offense can can, can rebound um, and kind of carry that momentum from the second half of the Jets game uh, into this one. Um, and it, uh, no, sir, go on. I mean, so. What scares me is you're going to get Calais Campbell, uh, Marcel Darius, Yannick Ngakwe coming off of a game where they had a really good performance versus Indianapolis. And those are guys I don't want fired up against a bad offensive line. And it seems like the Titans are kind of walking into that buzzsaw. And if they don't take them seriously and they think Blake Bortles will give us the game, well, unfortunately, Blake Bortles isn't on the other side anymore. Which is so, going to be so weird. Yeah, it's going to be weird to see like them have a quarterback who doesn't get frustrated and throw the ball like 20 yards over a guy's head or like way behind. Like that that was one of my favorite parts about watching Jaguars games is watching like the sideline slowly like crumble and erode and like just be demoralized. <laughs> like that was the best part is seeing them come in so hyped and excited and then like slowly put three and out after three and out after interception like them just slowly like stop looking at each other and get dejected. Remember that they all hate each other. So, I mean, the good news for the Titans just on that front is they get to go against one of now the worst offensive line in football and a bad quarterback. But, I mean, defensively, like, I don't know, like, Telvin Smith is really good. I believe in a vacuum, Telvin Smith is one of the better linebackers in the NFL. But he really hadn't done anything special over the last – I don't know, like four weeks, five weeks. Like he just doesn't look like an impact player. Like, you know, I thought he would. Miles Jack is bad. Like he always is. Um, Jalen Ramsey is good, but he kind of goes into business for himself, which I don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast, but the rumors were that he just started playing man coverage against the Colts a few weeks ago, just because he was tired of the play calling, which led to some, you know, trade rumors the week after. So I, I, I don't know it, you know, is it going to be a day where the offense puts them behind early and then the defense just gets mad and does their own thing and they get undisciplined? Or is it, you know, we're not afraid to run Leonard Fournette 45 times and if we don't score a point, that's fine, but we're not going to beat ourselves by throwing interceptions. So it's going to be tough from that standpoint, but – yeah, I mean, there are some guys you should be scared of on defense, but I think this is closer to the defense that they always should have been as opposed to the one that people were comparing to the 2000 Ravens and all that nonsense. Um, yeah, th- this th- this is probably going to be one of those the same 9-6 type of game, right? That's what it seems like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, You know, looking ahead at the Titans' schedule a couple weeks ago, I, I thought that they would split Houston and Indy and lose to the Jets. Instead, they lost to Houston and Indy and beat the Jets. I always thought, and still do, 
that this game is going to be a no-brainer win for the Titans. This is a team they have owned for two years. This is a team that is a train wreck. The Titans are motivated, and the Jaguars aren't. They just benched their quarterback. They just won a game six to nothing, and they're going to be. T- I mean, this game, everything goes in the Titans' direction for this game. I feel like. But, but Leonard Fournette is back. So, oh yes, yeah. that's I, another. I forgot the Titans lose. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> they're going to run the ball like forty times. Well, he didn't and play it, last week, so they can. For 43 yards. They've got him and Hyde. Yeah. Give them each 20 carries. Yeah, and then when Cody Kessler throws a ball, it's a two-yard pass. It just, Their offense is disgusting. Well, I don't, before we go much farther, let's talk about their offensive line. So, so since we played them, Andrew Norwell's gone on injured reserve. Their backup offensive tackle uh, has been out. I think his name was... Linder's out for the season also. Do what? Yeah, lenders out. So this is their uh, this is their so leaders so, in sla- so, snaps. So what you're saying is this is a Jarrell Casey Harold Landry game. I don't think there are any Jarrell Casey games anymore, um, but it should be a Harold Landry game. So this is from left tackle to right tackle. This is who's starting. Eric Flowers starting left tackle. Really? What? Yep. Started left. I had tackle. no idea. <laughs> uh, Patrick Omame is starting left guard for him. <laughs> Uh, a guy who was cut, it used to be on the Jaguars, then was cut by the Giants for being so bad. Like, let that sink in. Uh, somebody named Tyler Shatley, who I don't, like, that seems like a fake, fake like, made-up name. Like one of those mad uh, names. Yeah. Then there's AJ Can, who people, like, always lied and said he was good until they watched him. Uh, and then Jeremy Parnell. So... Wow. Who's the dude that wears number 60 with the dreads? Can, AJ Can. Okay. Yeah. So that that's the offensive line the Titans get to go against on a short week at home with Cody Kessler behind them. So if if Austin Johnson, Daquan Jones, and Jarrell Casey don't make at least two or three impact plays, I, I'm done listening to, like, yeah, I'm done listening to anything because, uh, first of all, Jarrell Casey should have a sack this week. There, there's no reason why he shouldn't. Like, if he doesn't and he gets like three holding calls, okay, like I'll, I'll take that. But you've got to have this game. It's an AFC game, which you're behind in. You need to get it to seven and six. You need to get, it's, and in it's the, the it's the team you hate. The yeah, Titans hate the Jaguars. Yeah, it, more than he, anyone else. They yeah, they just they they uh, they're irritated by the Colts. They don't they dislike the Texans. They hate the Jaguars. Yeah, and the Jaguars hate them. Like the feeling is mutual. Like both of these teams absolutely hate each other. Like I mean, they, it's just I, I don't know. Like it's it's I guess there are rivals. Like it's felt for a long time. Like we both just been fighting to not be at the bottom, and now we're fighting to be at the top, or at least we were at the beginning of the year, but. For whatever reason, they hate each other, and you know I'm I'm fine with that. But if you're gonna say we hate those guys and they have no business being in our building and we should beat them every time, and you don't come out when half their team is on injured reserve and the other half is, you know, backups are not pretty good, like that that's that's on you. Like this this has all the potential to be exactly like that uh, 
Titans Jaguars game was two years ago where Mariota got hurt and we lost a game that we should have won that should have essentially put us in the playoffs. Like that can't happen again. And if, if I'm Vrabel, that's what I'm preaching. If I'm John Robinson, that's what I'm saying. Look, you know, the first year I was here, this happened, you know, or second year I get first year, the first year I was here, this happened. And, you know, we can't let that happen again. You know, You've got to remind everybody that this is a team that you're supposed to beat, which is basically the Titans' kryptonite. There's no way. There's no way that happened. Right? I, I, I would Do you guys so. know the last time? I was going to say the last time the Jaguars beat us at home. Can you guys guess? Um, no. Was it the year they were undefeated until they beat us? Or they had no wins until they beat us? Like 2011 it, or something? It was tw- November of 2013. They beat us 29 to 7. 29 to 27. So they're not good, and they can't beat us at home. So I, I, I'm not very scared of this game. Derrick Henry revenge game? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> can we, uh, pretty can well. we guess them, right? He always plays well against them. He's been playing pretty well. Yeah, he does usually play well against. He didn't play that well against him earlier this year. Granted, Blake, Blake Abbott was at quarterback. Yeah, but that was because they were like, we're going to put nine guys in the box because Mariota can't throw five yards because he's got a hand that doesn't work. And Corey Davis still helped us beat him. So. I found it interesting that Deion Lewis had one of his better games of the year last week against the Jets, and uh, we barely gave him the ball. Granted, Henry was having a good game, but I just found that a little interesting. Um, one thing that I, I don't think would be smart to try to go after, but I'm really interested to see if Corey Davis like grows up another level and is like, they're going to follow me with Jalen Ramsey. It doesn't matter. Throw me the ball, and I'll bully him for it. Like, it, it, If he can do that in this kind of game where – I mean, there's no – possible reason why they wouldn't just shadow him and just have him be covered one-on-one like you should be able to take shots against AJ Boye with Taewon Taylor like that's been something that they've beaten in the past like you, you can do that but Jalen Ramsey is going to follow Corey Davis can Corey Davis be a true wide receiver one and just beat Jalen Ramsey who really didn't have that much before like that would be huge for him I, I agree, I, and I would love nothing more than to see Jalen Ramsey get destroyed by Corey Davis because I don't like Jalen Ramsey. I don't have much use for the guy. Future Tennessee Titan, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, oh, no. No. I don't God, want that guy no. on my team, man. I don't care how good he is. He's annoying. He's an, he's yeah, annoying, that, and he's kind of a nutcase. Yeah, like, so is Odell Beckham, though. And I don't want him. Oh, I definitely want Odell Beckham. I would have Odell. Um, Odell I, don't, I don't want Odell Beckham. We're getting on a tangent here. Yeah. I don't, I don't want Odell Beckham because every other week you got to deal with him making out with a kicking net or, or having a meltdown because you lost. or you know, I don't want that. And the question is always, does the baggage outweigh the talent? And Odell Beckham and Jalen Ramsey, from a talent standpoint, are two of the best players in our league. But, but yeah. I just think the baggage might outweigh the talent because there's so much of it. Yeah, you're probably right. 
It's like with the Although, Kaepernick stuff. Kaepernick can probably play, but these teams don't want CNN and Fox News in the locker room. Do we want to go on a bigger tangent and talk about the Redskins as an organization? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the Redskins. Just just <laughs> as a... As a They're coming got, to we, town we, we got some time, and I don't feel like talking about the Jaguars anymore, so let's do it. Yeah, this is our like random bag. I was joking, but okay. Go let's ahead, Matisse. That. Terrible mean, I, organization. I no, let's do it. <laughs> I, if you they told no me, I feel I do feel kind of it's kind of karma though. It's like it's like karma could see the future because like a few weeks ago they were in the driver's seat in that division and the Cowboys were playing well, but they were going to play the Redskins on Thanksgiving and the Redskins were probably going to beat them. And and Alex Smith was playing some of his best football and Adrian Peterson and all this. Not even Mark Sanchez and a domestic abuser. Three weeks right. later. It's crazy. Crazy how your season could just go straight down the toilet, uh, especially when you're making bad decisions as an organization and you also have no morals and you don't care about anything uh, that other people care about. But anyway... What was it? Also, the, the, the tone-deaf thing that uh, What's-His-Face said... In response to all of this, uh, they said that there are uh, more people way higher up that are making worse decisions. Oh, than bringing in Reuben Foster, like that, yeah, because because that's, that's how you explain something. You compare. That, that's that's like <laughs> that's such a crazy thing to do. It's like it's like if you get caught robbing a bank and you're like. Oh yeah, well have you seen what President Trump's done? Like they're not the yeah. cops are like, you're right, that is a reason for you to do things wrong. It's like, no, like don't don't adjust your moral compass to somebody else. Like, if you know it's wrong, don't do it. It's like a lawyer in court being like, he you know, he he robbed the convenience store, but at least he didn't kill anybody. Like, no, you can't say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean like it, it shocks me me that the Redskins didn't pick up Kareem Hunt just while while we're talking about all this kind of stuff like what do they have to lose like the people that defended him for Foster are going to defend him for this like that's what they have to lose yeah are you guys ready to laugh uh so earlier today uh Jay Gruden said that they wouldn't bring in Kaepernick because they need someone that that's more Mark Sanchez's style right so, guess who the Redskins? It's Josh are about Johnson. Josh Johnson. Yeah. Who is literally a carbon copy of Colin Kaepernick, except it ten works. times worse. Except worse yeah. in everything. Yeah, he's the guy Harbaugh had backing him up uh, in San Francisco when they were all together, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm just glad, and I tweeted this that they didn't poach somebody from My Memphis Express, like. It's if you're gonna go with the AAF, like just don't don't get in my backyard because I'm I'm too I can't be heartbroken again. So yeah. I appreciate don't that. Don't take Medenberger out of that league. We need Medenberger. Yeah, and I believe uh, Memphis also has Christian Hackenberg through some weird draft process they had. So like I mean. Buckle up, boys. Like, we're going to take this league over. I cannot but. wait. We're going to take a trip to Memphis in the spring. Like, that that's happening. The Titan size goes to Memphis to cover a game of whatever their names are. 
the Memphis Express. I'm sure. I'm sure we're credentialed. Like I'm sure we just have to ask. It would probably take one yeah. email, and we would have access to everything. They probably we probably ask for one, and they give us like five. They're, They're like, like oh, bring your friends. Press, press wants to cover us. They're like, we have a lucky drawing at the end to decide if you're an assistant general manager. <laughs> yeah, they play the Arizona Hot Shots week two. So in Memphis. In Memphis, yeah. And or we can go to this hot shots and San Diego Fleet game on March second. The fleet, the fleet's uniforms look good. Like, like I don't know, man. Like, we'll we'll go to one of those games and we'll like do a like post podcast thing and talk about it. Uh, Wait, hold on. We have to. Hackenberg and Mettenberger are going to be battling for a starting spot. Hackenberger. Hackenberg. <laughs> <laughs> And Mike Singletary's the coach is amazing. I can't. I cannot, this I, is the best league ever. This is gonna like this has to happen. Like, oh my goodness! Like, it, it it's perfect because it fills time. Uh, their their league starts just so all of our fans listening know. Uh, their league starts in February. I think the first or the week after the Super Bowl. I think is their first regular season game, maybe something like that. So it'll just immediately roll into that. So while we have we have that kind of lull between the uh, the Super Bowl and, uh, and uh, it, well yeah, from the Super Bowl to the draft. Like we can hit free agency, hit up a couple of these games, tell you the player on the team I, I will the absolutely be sitting in the press box at one of these games <laughs> if I have anything to do with it. Like Oh yeah. Th- that's happening. Yeah, the yeah. Memphis Express are Nashville's team. They have Mettenberger, Antonio Andrews, former Titans legend, and former Western Kentucky former Vanderbilt, legend. former Vanderbilt legend Zach Stacy. So this is Zach Stacy plays for them too. Squad. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, we're stacked. Don't doubt the Express. <laughs> I bleed red blue. We've kind of gotten off on a tangent here, but as we close out, I want to close with this. We kind of hit on this last week, the idea of Ken Wisenhunt going to Georgia Tech. Today there was a reporter from Atlanta in the locker room asking a bunch of players how they felt about Ken Wisenhunt. I watched those players say, I think he'll be a good fit anywhere he goes. And, and I watched, I think the most genuine answer came from Marcus Mariota on that, who was asked about Ken Wisenhunt. And he said... Well, I, I can't really say how he's going to fit in there because I don't really know the program that well. <laughs> that, that in Marcus Mariota language is, no, please don't stop yeah. what you're doing. That's as critical as I've ever heard him be of somebody. <laughs> it's, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, man. Well, th- this has been fun. Thursday night's going to be fun because uh, those who are watching at home – won't have to listen to off-brand you know, B-list CBS announcers. It's going to be the big crew with Buck and Aikman and Aaron Andrews. So it's going to be fun. So enjoy the game, guys. We'll be back later in the week to recap it. For Matias and Will, I'm Luke Worsham. We'll see everybody next time. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. 